and welcome aboard. It is the Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you on a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is a jam-packed show. The regular season is done, and only one of the three locals uh, have lived to see the second season. The Devils are out and have been for a long time. The Rangers are out and have made massive changes. We'll get into that. And the Islanders, the only local left standing. They're the four seed on the Eastern Division. And the Islanders go up against Pittsburgh starting tomorrow at 11.30 in the morning. That's a game you can hear on 10.50 a.m. We're going to run through everything. The schedule, the matchup, the regular season for the Islanders. We're going to be joined by A.J. Malesko, color analyst on the MSG Networks. We have it all today. Dan Rose and NHL.com is going to join us. We'll hear from Barry Trotz. We'll hear from Don LaGreca. We'll hear from Ryan Strome. We'll hear from Chris Kreider. We'll hear from Lindy Ruff. So buckle up. Get ready. We'll run through the postseason. The playoffs are now set. Uh, Eastern Conference starts a little earlier than the Western, but there is a lot, a lot to do as we get rolling here on a Saturday morning. Now, just to give you an opportunity to get to get your feet wet and involved, we have not one, but two autographed New York Islanders pucks to give away. Very easy to enter. Here's what you do. You text Isles. Uh, let me spell it for you because I want to make it as easy as humanly possible. I-S-L-E-S. Isles to 44202. Again, that's Isles to 44202. We'll select two winners at random and send them the sign. Pucks, all from your home for the hookup, 98.7 ESPN. So it all gets rolling tomorrow. Islanders and Penguins, let's set the schedule. Now, Regular season, Pittsburgh finishes first in the division. Islanders fourth, we know that. And then Washington, Boston, the other matchup in this division. Uh, Pittsburgh had their way against the Islanders. They beat the Islanders six out of eight times. um, And they were the better team over that span. But as we know... The regular season doesn't always, especially in hockey, dictate what will happen in the postseason. So uh, every Islanders playoff game is going to be heard either right here on 98.7 ESPN or over on 10.50 a.m., depending on what's going on with the Knicks and their playoff run as well. So let me run through the first three games, and then we'll look ahead to the rest of the um, the series later in the show. And we'll take a listen to Barry Trotz. A lot to do right now. Game one. Like we mentioned, as the Islanders begin their quest for a major postseason run, and they had a terrific one last season, uh, tomorrow, 1130 in the morning, the game, of course, in Pittsburgh, and you can catch it over on 1050 a.m. Game two, Tuesday, 7 o'clock at Pittsburgh. You can catch that game on 98.7 ESPN. And then game three, 630 p.m. Thursday, that's, uh, of course, against Pittsburgh, and that's home at the Coliseum, and that game you can hear on 98.7 ESPN. So let's take a little bit of a listen to Barry Trotz. Like I mentioned, uh, Islanders-Penguins, first-round matchup. Pittsburgh beat the Islanders six out of eight times uh, during the regular season. And this is interesting, and we'll get into this with A.J. Malesko in a little bit, uh, and that is... Does it help? Does it hurt? Does it not matter at all that you have played this team? You know, for little blocks, you play them two, three, four times in a row in the regular season, and you play them eight times. So you are as familiar with these teams as you've ever been after a regular season in the past just because you've played them so many times. So let's take a listen to Barry Trotz. Here he is. Does having been in the postseason before help you push the message over to your team? It's just positive reinforcement because playoff hockey it ends up being, a, you know, you know, it's it's a grind, and you, and it 
sometimes you got to keep it there's no space so the hockey is really you got to fight for your inches all that so having a little success definitely reinforces it and gives you the confidence that you know you can do it and gives you the confidence that you know it works so but every year is a, a different challenge it really is but it, it it's positive reinforcement it's like a you know it's reassuring that you know that hey the series is not going to be won or lost in the first game things are going to change the series of momentum is going to change a hundred times they're going to be close game so don't get uncomfortable with that so all those things are, are good when you have that that's the experience factor that's all and s- certainly you get the experience factor from the head coach and that is Barry Trotz and you, you listen to him and he just and again I'm not an Islanders fan but you listen to him and he just he gives you an air of, of, of confidence he gives you an air of it doesn't matter if we're down one nothing it doesn't matter if we're down two games to none it doesn't matter if they hold home serve in the first couple of games like we're in this for the long haul and they are you know, built to to play a really rough and tumble series. And, and I'm sure that AJ is going to say later, the key to this series is the Islanders just defensively kind of smothering what Pittsburgh has to offer. So we'll get into that as the show continues. More from the head coach of the Islanders, Barry Trotz. Are there any secrets with the Penguins since you've played them eight times this season? Not really. They're, they're a good hockey team, uh, as I say, and they're well coached with Chris Sully and the staff. And, and they've got, uh, I always say, the gold standard in, in Sid Crosby and you know Malkin and, and the guy Carter, so they're just they're a good hockey club, and we've we, we've played them you know eight times this year. We played them you know every year. We played them in the playoffs a couple of years ago, so it seems like a decade ago that playoff series. I'll tell you that, and they they deserved. I thought they played uh, probably you know consistent right through the whole year. Uh, they had a tough schedule at the start, and and they were able to battle through it, and and. Uh, and they got a good hockey team. There's no question. I think all the four teams that are in the playoffs are really good hockey teams. Oh, and you could argue this is the best division in, in, in all of the way they set this up in um, in 2021. And the fact is they only played each other. So I know that there's some some bad teams. I mean, Buffalo was certainly horrendous and the Devils were not good. But there's a lot of talent in, in this division. One more from Barry Trotz, and then we'll get into the Rangers a little bit. Break and come back in A.J. Malesko. Uh, from the MSG Networks will join us. Uh, more from the head coach of the Islanders, Barry Trotz. What was the key? And he said it feels like 10 years ago, only two years ago. What was the key to beating the Penguins back in 2019? We were able to survive sort of their pushes. And uh, we, we scored some timely goals and we got some timely saves. And, you know, like I say, that that's in a different decade, it seems like. I don't know if there will be a lot that will, will apply to this group. It's just been so long ago. Um, but, uh, you know, in that series, that was the thing that stood, stood out. Uh, we could have lost that game. Uh, you know, we are able to score in overtime, I think, in game two. So we were able to get a little momentum. We are able to capture that momentum and, you know, from that standpoint. So in some ways, uh, we, 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 we hit it at the right time, got a little lucky and we're able to get uh, some key saves and, and uh, we're able to do it. But, uh, you know, we also lost four straight the next round. So there, there you go. It, it can turn in, it can turn very quickly. I don't think there's, there's any correlation between what happened in 2019. These are completely different teams, completely different teams. So, yeah, look, you, you look at it, you say we, we beat them. And I guess you use that motivational tactic to your advantage. But I mean, that, that was like he said, it feels like it was 10 years ago. It's only two, but it feels like it, it in fact, was uh, was 10 years ago. I'll give you my prediction for this series later on in the course of the show. But for right now, let's switch our attention quickly to the Rangers. Rangers making more news. I mean, the Rangers, having missed the postseason, we've known about that for about 10 days right now, have been... You know, one of the bigger conversations in all of hockey, they fired the president, John Davidson. They fired the GM and Jeff Gordon. Now this week, you find out that they fired the head coach and David Quinn. It felt like they were leaning in that direction 
And they finally pulled the trigger with firing uh, David Quinn, who, listen, and I'm going to stand by this. I think he did a good job. I, I, from beginning to end, this was a team that a couple of years ago sent out a letter telling us how this was going to be a rebuild and how this was going to take time. And it took time. And, and can you honestly tell me that you don't feel like the Rangers are a better team now than when he took over and heading in the right direction? All those things are true. But I don't I don't know what the rationale behind moving on from him other than you just want a, a clean sweep and you believe in Chris Drury and this is not his guy. But I will stand here and, and argue till I'm blue in the face. I think David Quinn did a good job. And I'd also like this answered for me. And I don't know if anybody will honestly answer it or if it can be answered. Did they give him an ultimatum heading into the season of we expect you to make it to the postseason? Because if they didn't do that, then this seems highly unfair. And if they did do that, it doesn't feel like he coached towards that angle, right? It felt like his entire thought process was... I want to push this team in the right direction for the future. Now, they played for the present, but it felt like he was pushing them towards the future. So a lot of questions that I think should be answered. I guess now you have to think about who's the next coach of this team going to be. Now, a lot of people are very upset about it, and I get it, and I was as well. Chris Drury is a guy that is very well respected and is one from Little League to the NHL, I mean, all, all, every single stop, every step of the way. So as upset and bothered as you might be, I think you have to pull the brake a little bit on being horrified. Uh, let's take a listen. Here's Don LaGreca uh, of, of course, the Michael K show, and he fills in on the uh, the Ranger games, and he's the, the play-by-play voice when Kenny Albert is not around, reacting to the firing of David Quinn and who might be next up for the Rangers as far as head coach is concerned. No, I wasn't surprised. Do I think it's deserving? No. But when you see that kind of change that you had to figure that the coach was going to be in a lot of trouble, and I think they seriously thought about it and talked about it and felt like it was probably time for a change. And that changed to me, and I would be shocked if it wasn't John Tortorella. His relationship with Jim Dolan, the success that Tortorella had here, it seems like the rebuild's been accelerated. Why not bring in a guy that has a ring, had success here in New York, had success in Columbus? That, to me, looks like the guy. So we'll see if it winds up being torts. That's Donnie's prediction as of right now. And, and here's the thing. If you're on Dolan's good side, and we've seen this in the past with the Knicks and Isaiah Thomas, if, if he respects you and he trusts you, there is nothing, there's no way he won't go to bat for you and won't give you a second, a third, a fourth opportunity. So did it end well here for Tortorella and the Rangers? Not particularly, but would I be at all surprised if they brought him back for a second run through? No. And you can't argue the fact his act may wear thin, But he absolutely is a very, very good coach. So there's where we are at the Rangers. Connie got into the Islanders a good bit as well. We'll go around the NHL. We'll look at the Islanders. We'll give predictions. We'll put a bow on the Devils. We'll hear from Strom. We'll hear from Kreider. And we have a very busy show here on a Saturday morning. AJ Malesko will join us next. It's the Hockey Show with Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN. It is the Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg right here on 98.7 ESPN. AJ Malesko, she's going to help us break this series down between the Islanders and Penguins to a fine powder. Now, MSG Networks announced its telecast for the Islanders' first-round series against the Penguins set to get underway tomorrow. Now, pay very close attention because there might be a test at the end of this conversation in which, AJ, games 2-3 and, if necessary, 5-6-7 and seven will air on both MSG Network and MSG+. Plus. And AJ will provide expert analysis during MSG Network's exclusive pre- and post-game shows, which will air for each game uh, that the network telecasts throughout the series, as well as post-game show following games one 
And four, AJ, I'm confused by this. I, I, I hope you know where you're going every <laughs> single every single game of this series. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I, you know, it, it's it's exciting that the NHL playoffs start today, right? You got Washington, Boston, so we've got um, the playoffs are here. I mean, we made it through a COVID season, so I, if I can get, if I make it to the first game that I'm supposed to get to, my first assignment, then I will be happy, and I and then I'll go from there. Day to day, that's all I can do. That, that's all we all can do is just be day to day with what's going on in the world. <laughs> so so let, let's let's get into the series. Does it mean anything to you that the Penguins won six of eight games against the Islanders in this regular season, or is that take that, put that to the back burner, and this is a completely different thing here now? You know, it's interesting because, you know, all of us in the media and, and so many fans will talk about the history of, you know, and, you, and sometimes these guys will go back like five, ten years, and you're thinking there's so much turnover. Does that really matter? And, you know, I go back to 2019, two years ago, when the Islanders swept Pittsburgh. The, the core of both teams is intact for, for that. So there's that memory for Pittsburgh, right, of course, and there's that memory for the Islanders. Now, you look at them this season, which was a short 56-game season, and, of course, it, that matters. It, we, you know, we look at all of these in, these divisional rivals that played eight games against each other, of course, in the North Division 7. Um, but it is um, – so, yes, it matters. However, the fact that they haven't played since March, the fact that they played uh, six times in the calendar month of February, that seems like an eternity ago. And, and you know, you look at a full 82-game season – and you look back in October and you're thinking that I can't even compare that. And that's sort of what we're doing because everything is heightened a bit. Um, and, and so much has changed, right? I mean, Pittsburgh, of course, they brought in Jeff Carter. But you look at the Islanders, they lost Anders Lee. That's a huge blow. But then they also made some moves at the deadline and brought in Paul Mary and Zajac. And as the season goes, there's ebbs and flows. Um, the Islanders certainly went through some adversity with that loss of Anders Lee, their captain, and then also through the last – Month, you know, last probably three weeks where they've definitely been in a bit of a slump. Um, but I don't think that adversity is bad. I don't, I think it's good for these teams to have to battle a little bit, have to fight. And, you know, they're looking at that, that record that you just mentioned. They lost six times to the Penguins. They know they need to bring their A game in order to make, uh, make this a series. AJ, I think if you ask any coach in the NHL postseason, they'd go, say scoring first, obviously, uh, is of, of importance. But is it fair to say it's more important for the Islanders to be able to score first in the series and kind of kind of play their game and start to, to wear down and just get into that defensive, grinded-out battle against the Penguins? Well, I think it is because of the style and the identity that Barry Trotz has established with the Islanders. So they do play that style game. Uh, they are capable of scoring goals. I know their reputation uh, in the rest of the league is that the Islanders play a very defensive uh, style of hockey and they don't score a lot of goals. Now, I will say, offense has been tough to by lately for them but you look back in the playoffs last year in the bubble and they were scoring you know three four five goals in some of those games so they they are able they're capable of scoring goals there's no question about it now with that said if they have a one or two goal lead going to the third period i really like their chances they are excellent defensively they're they are predictable defensively and that's a good thing um they can certainly sit there and try to uh they, they trust each other i think that's the biggest thing is when they're playing their game 
they have those layers defensively and they can shut a team down and they can frustrate teams. Uh, I think the biggest question mark is going to be the speed with which the Penguins come at them. And that's what gave gave them fits back in February. And now you add, as I mentioned, Jeff Carter, who's got some speed and he's got some grit and he certainly has some physicality to drive the net. Um, So that changes the complexity of the rivalry. But if they can, if they can contain the speed and own the neutral zone, then I like their chances if they get that first goal. Is it just lazy analysis or or is it accurate that if they can slow down or, or I don't know if it's possible, shut down Sidney Crosby, the Islanders will emphatically win the series? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't call any analysis uh, in my line of work. No analysis is lazy analysis, right? I mean, come on, we're we're all doing our best, as you mentioned, going one day at a time. So, yep. Sidney Crosby, you cannot you cannot write off a team that has number eighty seven on it. Period. The end. He is one of the greatest talents of this generation, and he is such a competitor. And even those games back in February that I worked, you could see. He just put the team on his back, and he, in the third period, when they were, they really struggled this season with some of their injuries, um, how they managed Malkin, had a slow start to the season, and Sidney Crosby came in night in and night out and had that consistent effort, that 200-foot game. So um, that's, that's not an answer to your question, because I think that if they can contain Sidney Crosby, which, by the way, that's a big yes, because he is such a tremendous talent, uh, that is certainly a big part of it but you look at their strength down the middle right you that top line centered by Crosby then you've got him getting Malkin and if he he's really has picked up his game then he had an injury and so it'll be interesting to see how he comes out in the playoffs then you have Jeff Carter right and then you go down and um it, it's it's really an amazing um sack of those three like who do you match right you've got Pelican Pollock who's the shutdown D for the Islanders you assume that they're going to go against Crosby a lot and I think they probably will and if they contain him then, you know, the Penguins still have other talent, but I think as, as Crosby goes is sort of how the team goes. Uh, Malkin sounds like he's healthy as now as well. Missed, like you mentioned, a, a lot of time this season with uh, the lower body injury, but it sounds like he's he's pretty close to being fully healthy now at this point. Yeah, I think he is. The question mark is, you know, he's one of those He's one of those players to watch, and he could sort of be invisible the whole game, and then he could just explode in the last couple minutes and score the game on the overtime. And he did that in February, right? It was, I was sort of sitting there thinking, oh, he's, he doesn't look like himself. And I know he did have a slow start this season by his Hall of Fame standards, but he is still capable of changing the tide of the game. And, uh, and he's big and he's strong, and, and he certainly is motivated, right? I mean, you look at those guys, yeah, he and Crosby are in their early to mid-30s, and they know that the window is maybe not closing as quickly as the core up in Boston, but they're, they have three cups their name, which is amazing, but they are hungry for more and they want to keep going. So you have these competitors out there and these friendships and this. So I think for somebody like Malkin, he's healthy. And if he can translate that into a strong playoff run, then they're going to be a lot to handle for the editors. AJ Malesko joining us here on the Hockey Show, 98.7 ESPN. Of course, you can watch her after and before just about every Islanders uh, game in the postseason on the MSG Networks. Um, Pittsburgh's power play was not great last year. Excellent, excellent this year. I think they were hitting an almost uh, 25% clip, and, and and I think that was third or fourth in the NHL. And then you look at the Islanders, and they they're, they were great shorthanded. So something kind of has to give in this series here with the Penguins with the power play and the Islanders with the um, shorthanded kill. What what, what gives? Who, who do you like uh, in, in that matchup between those two units? You know, I, I that's a, that's a tough one. We're just talking about the, the strength and the depth that, um, that the Penguins have, but I really like the Islanders' penalty kill, and it goes back to. Sort 
sort of what I was saying before about their defensive zone structure. It's the trust that they have. It's the fact that it's very clear that Barry Trust lays out what their job is, their roles, how they play, and they are committed. So I do like, now again, it depends on who is the penalized player, of course, right? If you have uh, J.G. Pajot in the box or Casey Zizekas in the box or Clutterbuck um, or Pellick, for that matter, who logs a ton of penalty kill minutes, then it, it changes it a little bit. But there is there are a lot of guys that have rolled through that penalty kill unit uh, for Barry Trott. So I like the way they're playing. I think they've got confidence. Um, they need to pick up their power play if we're talking special teams in general. Um, but, you know, you go back to uh, last season in the playoffs and Barry Trotz had them so good five on five, which is really, which is, he, he always said, I can, we can play with anybody in this league five on five. And then, of course, special teams are sort of what puts you over the edge in the playoffs. So I think if they can keep that very powerful and potent Pittsburgh power play, if they can limit their chances, they, they, they were good against them in those eight games. So if they can limit their chances and take that and in early in the series, that will give the Islanders penalty kills some momentum and some confidence moving forward. All right, fill in the blank for me here, AJ. And you don't need to be brief. You can really expand on this answer. The <laughs> Islanders win this best of seven series starting tomorrow against the Penguins if what happens? First of all, I'm very rarely brief, so I'm glad you gave me the green light so I can go. <laughs> you, you, have, um, you, have, you have as much time as you need. <laughs> the Islanders win this series against the Penguins. If they, uh, I, I guess this is sort of a, a nuance, but if they play... 60 minutes of hockey. I think that's what I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is that they've had bad starts or a good start and then a bad second period. Or, you know, they haven't had that consistent 60-minute Islander-style hockey. And it's hard to call it their identity when they haven't been playing to it in the month of April or the second half of April. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is a consistent effort start to finish, and they've got to rely on all their lines. They know that they that's the way that they're built, right? They, ha- they need that consistency. Uh, they're facing a team with probably better depth than them, but they can lean pretty heavily on that fourth line. Um, so that's what I would say is, is they've got to play 60 minutes. They've got to start on time, and they've got to make sure that if they do go into the third period of the lead, that they lock it down and play a solid final 20 minutes. You see Wallstrom as a potential X factor in this series. Uh, I mean, you know, he, his introduction into the postseason, but he really feels like he could be the guy that, that is a game changer on the power play for the Islanders. Absolutely. And, and, you know, he's a young guy. They brought him along in the, the in a really good way, right? They, he was phenomenal in the month of February. Uh, there was a stretch there if you took like a five- or six-week snapshot of the season and he was leading the team in points and, and lots of more goals and a lot of more power play goals. So he's got an incredible release, uh, and he loves to shoot the puck. But he's also been committed to playing the right way, as using a Barry Trotz quote, and he sits with Pajot on the bench and he learns and he's done really – he's done an excellent job off the puck and he's done an excellent job defensively. So to answer your question, yes, he there's no question in my mind that he could be an X factor. We were just talking special teams. I think that the their penalty kill has been really, really good. Their power play could be he could be a difference maker on that power play. And when you don't have somebody like Anders Lee who really was the one who was the engine on that power play based on his net front presence and the way he played, if you've got Oliver Wallstrom shooting the puck from that release spot I think that can be a huge difference maker for the Islanders. I'm not going to put you on the spot and put you in an uncomfortable position to make you make a prediction on the series, but I will ask you this. Would you be surprised if we don't see an extended series here, if we don't see at a minimum six games between these two teams? I will be surprised. I think that it's the sweep. Now, I will say two years ago, the sweep surprised me. I I thought the Islanders were poised to, to knock the Penguins off, but I was surprised they did it in the manner that they did it. 
Uh, both these teams have been really strong at home. Uh, Penguins have the best league record at home um, at PPG, PPG Paints Arena. And obviously the Islanders have been really good on, uh, on home life. Now, again, the Penguins were one of the teams that did figure out how to beat them back in February um, on, at the Coliseum. But I think if you look at that, I would – I fully expect this uh, to go at least six games. I think this is a good matchup. I think, again, Pittsburgh has speed that will give the Islanders fits, but I think the Islanders' defensive structure, that sort of smothering, suffocating style they play, could frustrate uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, she is A.J. Malesko, going to provide expert analysis during MSG Network's exclusive pre- and post-game shows, which will air for each game that the network telecasts throughout the series, as well as post-game shows following games one and four. A.J., enjoy it. There's not a lot of better stuff than NHL postseason hockey. Appreciate it, as always, and uh, enjoy the postseason. Thank you. My pleasure to be with you, and I agree. NHL playoffs are here. Bring on the cup. Terrific spot, as always, with A.J. Malesko of the MSG Network's Quick Break Comeback, Dan Rosen, NHL com on the Rangers and on the full postseason picture around the National Hockey League. That's next on the Hockey Show on a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, hockey fans. Andy from Merrick with a special Islander playoff trivia question. What Islander has played the most playoff games with 185? Our answer in a moment. Good morning, hockey fans. Andy from Merrick with a special Islanders playoff trivia question. With 185 playoff games, Hall of Famer Dennis Potvin is the organization's all-time leader. It is the Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you right here on Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. So let's bring him in. One of the favorite guests of the Hockey Show here on 98.7, NHL.com's one and only, Dan Rosen. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good morning, Dave. How are you? Favorite uh, guest. I, I like it. To get oh, yeah. It. Listen, one of, one of the favorites. One of the number ones. I mean, DPH won't come on the show. Appreciate yeah, DPH refuses to come on the show because he's a big baby. So that puts everybody up uh, another he's notch. barely but, a hockey guy anymore, too. I mean, come on. He's barely a hockey guy. I, 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 think, it's, <laughs> I think it's fair. And I'm going to make sure he gets that. Because then what he's going to do is he has this vitriol. If so, anybody speaks poorly of him, he now hates that person. So you're now on the, on the outside looking in with DPH. Oh, no, but I don't, I don't think, think you're wrong. <laughs> I I don't think you're wrong. Um, I know, I know. All right, so so let's get into it. Uh, the Rangers, how, how surprised were you that they, I mean, really cleaned house entirely at the end of the season here? Well, I guess the, the real surprise for me was the firings of John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. And I know I'm not alone in that. I mean, this rebuild looked like it was going on course right where they should be, in my opinion. I thought they'd be fifth or sixth in the East this season, battling towards the end of the season. It's exactly what's happened. You know, beating the worst teams in the league, struggling against the better teams in the division, right? So they were kind of on course here. So when they fired those two guys, that was a shocker to me. And then the David Quinn move, considering what they did with J.D. and Jeff, maybe it wasn't all that surprising. I thought once they fired J.D. and Jeff Gorton that – David Quinn had a 50-50 shot, and the 50% shot was because of his close, tight relationship, obviously, with Chris Drury. But my take on this is once they fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon and gave the reins to Chris Drury, he couldn't keep the status quo. There was pressure on him to not keep the status quo anymore, and that's my – I think we haven't heard from Chris or David 
Uh, but I think that's probably why David Quinn eventually got the ax here after the season was done and after exit interviews took place and they heard from players and whatnot. So the JD and Jeff one was really the shocker. And then David Quinn, unfortunately, got lumped in with all of that because Chris Drury had to change the status quo. And you talk about expectations for next season. They're going to be through the roof for the Rangers heading into oh. another year with a, a completely new regime. So uh, what do you think? I've heard a lot of people say they think it's going to be Tortorella, but there's some pretty good coaches available. Where, where do you think the Rangers turn? Yeah, there are a lot of good coaches available. John Tortorella is certainly one of them and obviously knows New York well, uh, can handle the market, uh, understands the ownership and the situation with that and everything that goes along with it. He's had success in the market, so he's certainly one of them. I think Claude Julian is another really stable, quality, veteran NHL coach uh, that, that could you know, get a call. Gerard Gallant, there's already been a report that they have uh, granted permission uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, who he's still under contract with, have granted permission to interview with the Rangers, Gerard Gallant. So there's a lot of good names out there. Rick Tockett's done in Arizona now, so he is available. He's a very good coach as well. I think the mandate here, without talking to Chris Drury essentially about this, but I got to think that the mandate here is to get an experienced NHL coach who has won before and has taken his team deep into the playoffs at least. Um, there are quality coaches who have never really had an opportunity like a David Quinn. But if that were the case, then they probably would have just kept a David Quinn, right? So there's a lot. I mean, this is the time to strike here. But, you, you know, look, you got to get on it quick because the coaches that are available, the veterans, you know, they're not going to last too long, at least not all of them. Um, yeah, I imagine the Rangers will strike when the iron is hot. So, so let's turn our attention to the NHL playoffs. It starts later um, today. Washington and Boston gets things going. Islanders tomorrow game you can catch right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, actually, it's on 10.50 a.m. starting uh, at 11.30 in the morning. Uh, let's go right down the list here. Penguins, the one seed in the East Division. Islanders, the four. Penguins beat the Isles six out of eight times in the regular season. Uh, who do you like in this best of seven? I like the Penguins in the series. They're deeper. Uh, than I thought they were going to be. They added Jeff Carter, who's been a pretty good goal scorer. He had a four-goal game. Granted, it was against Buffalo, but he's putting the puck in the net. Evgeny Malkin is back healthy. Their power play is very dangerous. I know the Islanders have a very good PK, uh, but their power play, the Pittsburgh power play, is really good. The, the question mark is in goal because Tristan Jerry has never done it before in the playoffs, but I think the team around him has really proven this season that they are a quality, deep team. And I think the Islanders could have some struggle scoring as they come, sometimes tend to do. So they'll make it hard on Pittsburgh, and I think it'll be a long series, but I got Pittsburgh in this one. Does 2019 mean anything to you, or is that ancient history no. between these two teams? Ancient history. Ancient history. In fact, it might motivate the Penguins, if anything. You know, like, do they get, get swept by a team? You know, you're back-to-back Stanley Cup champs in 16 and 17. You lose in the second round in 18, and then you get swept in 2019, that might end up being the motivating factor for guys like Crosby and Malkin and guys like that who don't need much to motivate them to be great. That, that's certainly true. Malkin healthy now at this point? He's healthy. He's back playing. He was generating some points. He's been you know, practicing, so I guess he's as good as he's going to be, and that's big because then that can drop Jeff Carter, who they acquired to be their third-line center, to be their third-line center instead of their second-line center, which just makes him so much deeper. Uh, we continue along in the Eastern Division. Boy, you have some really some wonderful matchups, and you knew you would with the depth of this division. Yeah. Washington and Boston, it kind of feels like an Eastern Conference Finals matchup that we're going to get in round one. But who do you like between the Caps and Bruins here? 
Yeah, this East Division's loaded, and, and oh, there's going to be two heavyweights that are done in the first round. I mean, and then a third heavyweight that's done after the second round. It's a loaded division. I like I like Boston. Uh, the Capitals scare me a little bit. Very young in inexperienced in net in Vitek Vanacek. Kuznetsov, Eugenie Kuznetsov is still on the COVID protocol list. We don't know if he's going to be able to play at least early in the series. Alex Ovechkin was battling a lower body injury toward the end of the, you know, the regular season. Played in the last game, but what does that mean? How healthy is he? TJ Oshie was also banged up a little bit, as was John Carlson. So they have time here to get healthy, and I understand all that, but there's a lot there that makes me question the Capitals, whereas I flip it to Boston – they're deeper with Taylor Hall. They have a, a terrific second line now with him and David Krejci and Craig Smith. Their goaltending is far more stable than Washington's goaltending. They have a ton of experience. Uh, I, I just look at it and I say, to me, the Bruins, if they could pick the team of the four that made it in the division, who they want to play at this present time, I think it would be Washington. I think they get their wish. So you think Pittsburgh, Boston, and the uh, move on in the yeah. uh, the East Division? You want to give us a, a prediction on that one if they play? Uh, what did I have? I got Boston. Uh, I, I I really believe in in the Boston Bruins um, this season. So yeah, we'll see. But I mean, you, you got to see how it's going to be loaded. You know, uh, let's see how these teams come out of the first round. These are these are heavyweights. Oh, the, the, I mean, these they're, are they're big time heavyweights. You know. So I want to see how these teams, who comes out unscathed out of this first round, we'll see what happens from that. A hundred percent. This is a nightmare of a division. I mean, you could argue if the Rangers were in any other division, they're, they're a postseason team. Uh, to the Central we yeah. go, Carolina the one, uh, Nashville the four. Boy, Carolina's had some kind of season, huh? Carolina's been terrific. Uh, they are pretty much in the image of their coach. Rod Brendamore, nobody outworked him. Nobody had a better work ethic. Then Rod Brindamore, uh, he, he was so defensively responsible, yet he could score. He always was in the lineup. Uh, to me, that's what the Carolina Hurricanes are. They're very defensively responsible. They can score. They work hard. Uh, they, they've got everything going for them. Their defense is, is lights out terrific, and it makes their goaltending, which everybody wants to question, it makes their goaltending really good. Yeah, they're a really complete hockey team. Lightning, your defending champions. Yeah, really complete. Lightning, your defending champions. They're the three. Florida, the two. Florida had a terrific season. Uh, Is this kind of the last run for Tampa, and do they get by Florida in the series? No, I don't think they do. Um, They have a lot going for them, Tampa. On paper, Nikita Kucherov's going to be back for game one. Steven Stamkos is going to be back. Uh, but Kucherov, uh, uh, you know, is really, I mean, he hasn't played all season, so it's going to take, it's going to take him a few games. He doesn't have the time. There's no time to take a few games here to get going. This isn't jumping into the, you know, the regular season. You're jumping in when the games matter the most. And I think that's going to be an issue for them. Victor Hedman is a little hurt too. He's got lower body injury. He might need surgery after the season. The last time they went into the uh, series when Victor Hedman was banged up a little bit, they lost in four against Columbus. He's that important for them. Whereas you flip it around, the Florida Panthers are not only are they healthy, they're riding a six-game winning streak coming in. Take it for what it's worth, they just beat the Panthers. They just beat the Lightning twice in a row by a combined nine to one, I think it was. Um, they got a lot going. They got home ice. Uh, I, I just and they want they're they're hungry after they they got spanked in the in the bubble last year by the Islanders. They really did. And Tampa went on a one. And things change for the Florida Panthers. They're a much different team. 
And the guy to look out for for me in this series, as good as everybody else is around Florida, Patrick Hornquist. He's such a pain in the butt to play against in front of the net, especially on the power play. I think the Lightning could struggle with him. Dan Rosen joins us here on NHL.com. We preview the, the postseason, which gets started later today. Are we on a collision course in the West between Colorado and Vegas? Do, do we see those two teams meeting in the, in the next round? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no. Uh-oh. I got the underdog, Minnesota Wild, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Minnesota was so good against Vegas this season. They won five of the, I think they won five or six of the eight games. They, they, it was one of the best opponents that they played. And Vegas is loaded. Vegas is a machine. There's no question about it. But Minnesota was really good against them. And I just, normally, I wouldn't say the regular season amounts to much, counts for much in the playoffs. But when you're playing the same teams over and over and over again, I think it does matter. And that's why this season is unique. So I got Minnesota. It is an upset, and I know a lot of people aren't going to pick that one, but I'm going to take the upset there and take Minnesota. And then I think Colorado takes care of St. Louis pretty easily. Uh, and then we move north of the border, Toronto and Montreal. And oh, this will be a, 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 yeah. a good series, I imagine. Is this finally the time Toronto gets by the Canadians? Yeah, I think so. The only thing bad about this is you won't have fans in the building to watch it. That's the only thing that stinks about this because these two markets would be it would be crazy for, for with fans in the building, especially in Montreal. There's no better place to go see a hockey game than at the Bell Center in Montreal. And if this were a playoff series against the Toronto Maple Leafs with 20,000 fans in the building, it would be incredible. But the Montreal Canadiens, they're not as good. They're just simply not as good as the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't have near the scoring depth. Montreal is sort of built for playoff hockey, but I just think that they're just not going to be able to hang with the speed and the, and the skill and the scoring of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I, I got Toronto in that series. And you flip it in the western part of the, the North Division. Edmonton has dominated Winnipeg. Connor McDavid has dominated everybody, and Edmonton will dominate Winnipeg again. All right, so then you bring us down to the Final Four. Uh, I'm just going to ask you for your Stanley Cup champion. I'm not going to go through the, the, the four to the two. You tell me. Yeah. The, the winner of the entire Stanley Cup will be? So I, let me first backtrack because I said Boston would come out of the East and, and I forgot my predictions. I picked Pittsburgh. That's how indecisive I am about that series. Well, if you way. stay with Boston uh, here and you have Pittsburgh elsewhere, you, you, odds are, you know, increasing yeah. you're going to get it right somewhere. Yeah, I, I guess I'll have a better shot of getting it right. Exactly. You know what? The chance, though, I got I got the Colorado Avalanche beating the Carolina Hurricanes. Nathan McKinnon winning the cons might. He's going to prove that he is the most complete player in the National Hockey League, and that's not a knock on Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's the most talented player in the league, and it's not even close. Uh, but most complete would be Nathan McKinnon, who proven in the playoffs. The Avalanche are loaded. They're built to win. They've been humming around there for a while. Last year was a little tough, but McKinnon was great. And I think it's Colorado's time, and, and Carolina's the other team I got in the Stanley Cup final. They're not going to have enough to contain Connor McDavid. Uh, so- Nathan McKinnon. So there you have it. Colorado is the Stanley Cup champions in a wild COVID season. Uh, Dan, great stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk at some point soon. Enjoy the postseason. It doesn't get much better than this. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. Quick break. Come back. Put a ball on this one. Uh, walk you through some of the Islanders games where you can find them. Little Rangers and Devil Sound as well. It's the Hockey Show on a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. It is the Hockey Show. Dave Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. Big thanks to A.J. Malesko and Dan Rosen. Great job waking up with us nice and early on a Saturday morning. Um, we're going to give predictions for the Islanders and the Penguins. And 
Uh, maybe we'll even give predictions for the entire postseason, but I don't want to run through every series. Maybe I'll just give you cup winners and who's going to win each. Um, I guess you can't even say each conference anymore because they reseed after each team comes out of their division. But before we do that, uh, two autographed Islanders pucks to give away. We'll do it in just a moment. Get ready. Get your um, your fingers ready because you're going to need to. It's very simple. I'm going to I'm going to walk you through the process right now. It's easy to enter. Just text Isles. I-S-L-E-S, Isles to 44202. Again, that's Isles, I-S-L-E-S to 44202. We'll select two winners at random and send them the signed pucks, all from your home for the hookup, 98.7 ESPN. So Islanders, Penguins, get started tomorrow. Early start. I don't know if anybody has the advantage with that. Uh, Game is in Pittsburgh. Let me run through the series with you. I'll give you my prediction. We'll hear from Ryan Strome, we'll hear from Chris Crotter, we'll hear from Lindy Ruff, and we'll send you on your way to Joe Wiz on this Saturday morning. Game one, tomorrow morning, 11.30 at Pittsburgh. First of best of seven on 10.50 a.m. Game two, Tuesday, 7 o'clock in Pittsburgh on 98.7 ESPN. Game three, 6.30 Thursday, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Then we're not sure. Saturday, May 22nd. I can tell you the dates and I can tell you the time of next Saturday. 3 o'clock, May 22nd. Penguins and Islanders for game four. But I don't know if it's going to be on 98.7 or 10.50. We will update you as we move along. Then game five, Monday in Pittsburgh. Don't have a time on that one as of yet. Game six, of course, that's... um. Maybe if they need to play a game six. Game six will be Wednesday, May 26th, back at the Coliseum. Uh, don't have a time on that one. And then potentially, and all the best thing in all of hockey, uh, a game seven, potentially a game seven Friday, May 28th. That would be back in Pittsburgh, and that would be a TBD. So you start this one tomorrow, May 16th. It could go all the way till the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. Let me give you a prediction here. Uh, I know the Penguins got the best of the Islanders. Uh, in the regular season, I got to tell you, I think the Islanders are built for the postseason. And you know, I'm being honest with you because I do not like the Islanders, but I think they are built for the postseason. I think if the Islanders can get a just, I mean, a, a little bit of success on the power play, I really like them to win in this series. I think their goaltending is very good. Defensively, we know what they're capable of doing. Coaching, I think you're giving the advantage there as well. So the question is, can the Islanders get the timely goal? If they can, they'll win this. If they can't, they won't. But I'm going to take the Islanders. And and as much as it pains me to say it, I'm going to take the Islanders to win this series in six. Back at the Coliseum. I don't even think you make it to a game seven in Pittsburgh. I think the Islanders win this one in six. And I'll tell you this as well. I actually have more confidence that the Islanders beat the Penguins than I do in either the Capitals or Bruins winning this series. If you said to me, what series? I don't need the yes, 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 because it pains me to say it because I'm a Rangers fan. But I always give you an honest answer. And my honest, truly believe right now that the Islanders will find a way to beat Pittsburgh in six games. I think what they do is they split the first two, take home ice away, and wrap this one up in six games. So uh, obviously we're going to be spending a lot of time. We're going to stay on the air all the way up until the Islanders are out of the postseason. So if they go on this magical run well into uh, well into July, you know, we will be here for the magical run. All right, let's spend a couple minutes on the Rangers and the Devils, and we'll put a ball on this one and send you on your way. Rangers, 
I didn't think it was all that disappointing of a season. I guess the major brass did. We know they're going to have an entirely new leadership team here with the Rangers, a new GM. They have a new president. You'll have a new head coach. All that being said, Ryan Strom still of the mindset this team is heading in the right direction. I mean, I think what the fans see is exactly what it is. I mean, we have a good time at the rink. There's good energy. I think guys care about each other. I think that's come a long way this year. I think spending so much time together has really helped that. And I think we have a lot of skill. So I think, you know, it's just a matter of growing, honestly. Like I said, I think it's continuing to go on that upward trajectory, um, become a team. Um, I think you see the teams that are in the playoffs. I think they have some traits that uh, are obtainable. I think that's what we need to do. I think some of the things you can't acquire, we already have. So like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I think the fans are looking forward to it. I think there's a, a really bright future here, obviously, as we all, we all can see. And I think it's time to you know take that next step. And it's going to be everyone's individual responsibility to do that in the offseason and come back and uh, you know push together as a group. Do they get a little grittier this offseason? I think that's a real possibility. Some more big physical pieces. I think that's a real possibility as well. But when you look at the, the, the checklist of what they have, you, you have your goalie of the future. You have a, 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 an elite defenseman. Right, You have guys that can put the puck in the net. You have a lot of youth. The Rangers really have a, a lot to be optimistic for um, towards next season and the future. Here's Chris Kreider kind of putting the bow in the big picture on what happened this past season. Well, I think in what was a pretty crazy hockey season uh, during a pretty crazy time, I think it might be a bit of an understatement, very crazy time. I think uh, the amount of adversity on and off the ice that our team saw as consistently as we did, I think my, my big takeaway, I just can't say how proud I am enough of, of our group, of, of our individuals for continuing to show up and try to get better and try to win hockey games. Uh, I think that the, the group really came together over the course of the year. Youngest team in hockey, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys stepping into roles and positions that they may not have been in in the past. So I think the, the entire year was a terrific learning experience. Obviously, like I said, a lot of, a lot of difficulties, but so many things that we can learn and going learn learn from and take from going into a uh, full off season and full 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 year next year. So. And there's going to be huge expectations for the Rangers next year. If you thought they were big this season, they will be doubly, triply as big heading into next year. All right, and the Devils. Here's the head coach of your New Jersey Devils, Lindy Ruff. What's, what's the next step for this club? I think a lot of young players got a real good taste of what it takes. They got to play against some of the best players in, in the world. If you look at you know, even Jack head-to-head -head against uh, Crosby some nights, uh, you got uh, Ty Smith, the same thing, young defenseman that was able to play against some of the biggest, most powerful forwards in the league. So the next step really is, we, it, it is being that team that can, uh, can battle for a playoff spot and, and get into a playoff spot. We'll see if they're able to do that next season. I'm sure it'll be much more normalized in the NHL. One more from Lindy Ruff. Will there be kind of a balance between the growth and then the results for next year's team? I think that's fair. I think they, they understand that they showed an incredible growth uh, to a man, the, the young players. Uh, played through a lot of mistakes. Uh, the mistakes got to go down. Uh, the accountability for putting games away uh, really has to go up on, on my front. And I think that'll be probably a, a little bit easier job to do once we can we can get good practices in get a schedule where uh, we can practice in between games where it's not done by video that it you know you really you get on the ice and you work at things and and you get better at them 
Well, you, you got to figure that we're going to have a much more normal season in the NHL next year than we did this year. So enjoy the NHL postseason. It doesn't get much better than this. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. Our coordinating producer, Andy Merrick. Big thanks as well uh, to Anthony Pusick and, of course, Ray Dinahan. I'll be back next Saturday, 7 o'clock. Joe Wiz is next right here on 98.7 ESPN.